Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Jalal al-Shami. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Inshallah today we continue our uh, lesson series and we're up to the chapter of fasting and the mistakes that many people fall into in regards to fasting. The first point is verbally stating the intention to fast. So this is a practice that a lot of people have uh, been taught sometimes from their, يعني, um, from their parents or from their teachers to verbalize the intention before fasting. The way to siyama min ghadin, for example, to say it the night before you intend to fast or to say it uh, before uh, the, in the suhoor time, before Adhan al-Fajr. Either to say it individually before every fasting day or to say it before the beginning of the month of Ramadan. Yani, obviously with every act of worship we need to have the intention. As we all know the hadith, Indeed actions are but by their intention. But the intention, its place is in the heart. That a person intends and has that uh, conviction and that, uh, يعني, that they, they have an intent of their heart to do something. Okay? Whether it's to make wudu or to pray or to fast or their intention even in giving zakat that distinguishes the act of worship to specify that, that it is an act of worship and the type of act of worship. So the intention is very, very important. But the issue here is to verbalize the intention. Okay, so it has been previously mentioned that verbalizing the intention is an action which was not done by the Prophet ﷺ. Nor his companions, nor the generations that came after the companions, nor any of the four imams, nor any of the salaf, salih. Therefore, it is a newly invented matter and an innovation. So especially those that say that you must make the, verbalize the intention for fasting. And that if you don't, your fast is not valid. This becomes very problematic because they are saying something that has no basis in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah, in the practice of the Sahaba, practice of the Salaf. None of the four Imams ever stipulated this. Okay? The place of the intention is the heart. It is the intent of the worship. There is an authentic narration in which, in which the Prophet ﷺ made it a condition that the person must have the intention to fast before Fajr in the case of obligatory fasting. It has been narrated from the mother of the believers, Hafsa radiallahu anha, that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Whoever does not plan to fast before Fajr, there is no fast for him. So a person must have the intention to fast in the night before the fast, so before the fajr. But the intention is in the heart, that a person has made that conscious decision to fast. But it doesn't mean that they verbalize uh, the fasting. And some people they come, as we said, we were talking about with the in- people verbalizing the intention uh, for wudu, nawaitul wudu, or they verbalize the intention for the salah, nawaitul salah, arba rak'at, fard, dhuhr, hadir, yani jama'atan, wara'il imam, kada. They become very elaborate and specific. You know, even with the fasting, nawaitul siyam min ghadin, 
لصيام رمضان الفرض and so on to specify all of the conditions all of this has no basis in um, in any of the يعني, uh, يعني the legislations of the religion okay so the meaning of this hadith meaning that he has the intention in his heart to fast and this is apparent from the meaning man bayyata whoever plans to have that that that, that intention the night before يعني before the fajr and Allah knows best. Okay. Now, I believe, and I mentioned this when we were speaking about verbalizing the intention, uh, that possibly it was something that was taught to children for them to understand the concept of the intention. So maybe teachers taught their students they have to have the intention. So for them to, to understand what intention is, they say to the children, to, the students in their madrasa, for example, you must say, Nawaitul wudu, Nawaitul salah, Nawaitul siyam. And they grew up just doing this all the time. And they taught their children to say this. And then it became like a sunnah. But يعني, uh, it doesn't mean that there is something that's instituted in the religion. Maybe if the children learn this, but when they become older, they have to know that it's not something to say. The intention is in the heart that you make that conviction in your heart to do any action. There are only two places in which the intention is verbalized. And that is in doing the nusuk, where we're doing a slaughter, whether it is the udhiyah or the aqiqah or the hadi, the Prophet ﷺ who said, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, hadha minka wa ilayka, anni wa an ali bayti wa an ummati, or whatever he stipulated his intention in doing his slaughter, the ritual slaughter of the udhiyah or the aqiqah, that he say, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, this is, Aqiqa uh, on behalf of my son or behalf of my daughter that is has uh, that you specify this is only the time that's not the first one the second is when you specify your ritual of pilgrimage so when you say labbaik allahumma hajjan labbaik allahumma umratan you say it out loud as the prophet sallallahu he said it out loud and he said allahumma hadhi hajja la riya'a fiha wa la sum'a and so on so these are the only two circumstances Rasulullah said his intention out loud. And we can see why, because they're stipulating a specific ritual. Okay, the ritual of the slaughter or the ritual of uh, the pilgrimage. Okay, but all other acts of worship, the intention should not be verbalized. But rather intention should be something that is concerted in the heart. The second mistake that a lot of people fall into when it comes to fasting is being careless regarding the time to stop eating before fasting. So some people, they will be laxed when it comes to yani, the adhan or fajr time and they will keep eating. I haven't finished my breakfast yet. I want to finish, you know, and not being careful. Some people eat and drink until the caller to prayer has completed the adhan. Okay, so when do we stop eating and drinking our suhoor? At the beginning of the Adhan, as soon as he says, Allahu Akbar, we stop. Some people, they say, no, I'll continue until he finishes the Adhan, then I stop. We used to do this when we're children. Okay, so maybe children, they are a bit laxed, but we should teach them it's not correct. And especially once they become older, they shouldn't continue this practice because they become liable. Okay. Uh, perhaps they are so careless that they continue to eat and drink until the callers to prayer in the various masajid complete the adhan which they can hear. And some people they say, oh, this 
masjid close to us, especially in the Muslim countries where you hear different masjids making the adhan. This masjid close to us and made the adhan, uh, but I wait for the other masjid. That, that masjid always, you know, maybe is a minute late or whatever. So I wait for that and I'll know. Okay, so some people they'll wait until the very last adhan and, you know, they say, you know, maybe I'm following that adhan. So we should be cautious and not be careless and heedless and and, and trying to find any loopholes and so on. طيب, this is obvious error and perhaps it invalidates the fast. For Allah Ta'ala he says, وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ And eat and drink until the white thread, meaning the light of the dawn, appears to you distinct from the black thread, yani the darkness of the night. So we can eat and drink until the fajr appears. Once the fajr appears, and this is indicated by the adhan or by the calendar or whatever we are using to help us identify when the fajr begins, you must stop eating and drinking. And then you must hold the fast until the, the night. And the night begins at the setting of the sun. The time mentioned in the verse when the dawn becomes clear is at the first entrance of the fajr. At the time of the adhan for fajr is called. The word until denotes the purpose or the intent. Thus when the caller starts the second adhan after the entrance of the fajr, because there's some masajid, they have two adhans. They have the first adhan which is a warning adhan. Okay? So it's not actually the technical adhan of fajr. And then there's the second adhan. So once that second adhan, that's the official adhan of fajr. Okay? The fasting, so, so at the, 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 the actual, the technical adhan of fajr, the second adhan or whatever it may be, so if there isn't two adhans, then it is the fajr, the true fajr adhan. It's obligatory uh, to refrain from everything which invalidates the fast. The person must begin fasting at this point. This is the meaning of the hadith narrated by Aisha and Ibn Umar radiallahu anhum, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, inna bilalan yu'adhinu bilayl. فَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمْ أَوْ حَتَّى يُؤَذِّنَ إِبْنِ أُمِّ مَكْتُومِ Bilal calls the adhan at night. So Bilal calls the adhan at night, yani before Fajr, that's the first adhan. So eat and drink until you hear the adhan of Ibn Ummi Maktoum. Because Ibn Ummi Maktoum used to make the adhan at the correct Fajr. For he does not call the adhan until Fajr enters. And, and just as a side note, Abdullah ibn Ummi Maktoum was a blind man. So how can he see the Fajr? He couldn't. He's blind. So a man would be next to him and would tap him on his leg or on his thigh. He would say to him, Asbahta, Asbahta. And he, the morning has begun. And the Fajr has begun. And then he would stand and make the Adhan. The statement of the Prophet ﷺ, eat and drink, is evidence for the obligation to stop eating and to begin fasting upon hearing the second Adhan, which is, which is called after or at, at the entrance of the Fajr, at the, at the beginning of the Fajr time. There are a hadith narrated which give an allowance for the person who hears the adhan when he has food or drink in his hand to take what he needs from it and Allah knows best. There are a hadith that if a person has a cup in his hand, is about to drink and hears the adhan, he's allowed to drink from it. But many of the scholars, they considered this hadith weak. And many of the scholars of the Mdahib, they didn't actually يعني, consider this a legitimate thing to do. If someone does it, inshallah, يعني, 
by taking on this hadith and the opinion of some of the scholars, but the safer way is to stop as the more authentic hadiths have indicated. That eat and drink until you hear the adhan, and to stop. Even if you have a drink, uh, يعني not to drink from it after uh, the, the hearing the adhan. Okay, point number three, being careless concerning praying in congregation and sleeping through the prayer and joining all the prayers together. So a lot of people when they are fasting, they're tired. So they spend all day sleeping. So they miss the prayers in congregation. Sometimes they miss the prayer times altogether because they prefer sleep over attending the prayers in Jama'ah or even attending the prayers on their time, which is a big problem. It's a major sin to delay the prayers out of their prescribed times. So this is from the great evils during the month of Ramadan that people engage in. As prayer is the greatest pillar of Islam after the two testimonies of faith, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, the next pillar is Salah. Some people, they make the pillar of Siyam more important than Salah. And they become negligent of their Salah and use the excuse because they're fasting. No. You're fasting because Allah commanded you to fast. So if you honor Allah's command, the command to pray on time is more pertinent. So just like we fast, then we should take the prayer even more serious. Okay. It is never permissible to be careless concerning prayer. The obligation to pray in congregation in the masjid has already been mentioned in the section concerning the prayer. It is not permissible to be careless regarding the prayer by not praying in the masjid due to sleep and combining the prayer without a, a, a legislated reason to, compi- to combine is another sin and likewise not permissible. So some people, they will sleep until asr, all day. So they will miss fej- uh, they'll miss. Dhuhr, for example, and they say, I'll do jama'ah. I'll pray dhuhr with asr at asr time. You are not allowed to do that unless you have a legitimate reason. Just to sleep and out of laziness, to purposely do that, is not allowed and is, and is a sin. The prayers must be done on time and especially must be done in the masjid, wherever possible. The Muslim is commanded to organize his time by placing the prayer before every other matter. And it is upon the Muslim to assist one another in this matter. So help each other, remind each other, wake each other up and encourage يعني, th- those who you live with or those you know, in your workplace or wherever it may be to perform the prayers and to perform them on time in jama'ah in the masjid if possible. And to advise one another concerning the issue which is seen throughout the month of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala says, and help one another in righteousness and piety and do not help one another in sin and transgression. So we should encourage each other to do the good deeds, to make our prayers or to pray even in the masjid. You know, how good is it when people, for example, they're in the same workplace, they come all together to the prayer. Some people, they're in the same household, they come all together to the masjid to pray in jama'ah with the jama'ah of the Muslims. Some people they say, I can't come to the masjid because I have guests. Bring your guests to the masjid, aren't they Muslims? They need to pray as well. Don't use your guests as an excuse not to come to the masjid. On the contrary, use it as an excuse to bring your friends and your relatives who have come to visit you maybe from a different neighborhood or different suburb or different town or city as a a reason to bring them to your masjid and introduce them to your jama'ah. 
and to introduce your jama'ah to them. There's so much goodness in that. So many times, brothers, we don't see from a long time, we see them in the masjid because they are visiting someone uh, who, who lives in the neighborhood. So I don't, we shouldn't use يعني, uh, having visitors or we have people, especially in Ramadan, for iftar as an excuse not to. We just pray jama'ah here in, in the house. We'll pray tarawih in the house. Okay, even though it's allowed, especially tarawih, but especially the, the fard prayers, we should pray them in the masjid. Or else, why were the masjid built if everyone's just going to pray in their home? Okay? And especially when we have uh, 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 visitors, a lot of the time we say, oh, we're sitting, we're eating, we're you know, talking, whatever, we'll, we'll leave the prayer for later. We'll leave it for later, leave it for later. And then khalas, the visitors, they say, we'll pray at home. And then they get home late and tired and they forget the prayer. So that's why, especially if you're used to praying in the masjid, when sometimes you change that habit, you put yourself at risk of sometimes forgetting your prayer. Because you used to already, I prayed at the masjid. You, know, you don't put it in your mind that you need to make your fard prayers at home because you usually don't. So we have to be extra cautious. And a good way is to يعني, help one another, encourage one another to pray in jama'ah, especially in the masjid. The fourth common mistake that we find people doing when, in regards to fasting is engaging in false speech and acting upon it and ignorance while fasting. Some people, as a way to forget about their fasting, as a way to blow time, as they say, to kill time, they engage in idle talk. Okay, what's idle talk? Sitting, chatting, hanging out, going out to places to eat, uh, watching movies, watching TV shows, playing games, just anything to get their mind up fasting. And sometimes this leads to evil speech and even evil action. Whether while they're fasting or after they're fasting in the nights. And we see this is a big problem we find where people go to the marketplaces and even there are night food stalls and food markets that people spend their time in instead of doing things that are more beneficial. Exposing themselves to sometimes sinful actions. So we should be aware of that. So engaging in false speech and acting upon it and ignorance while fasting. False speech and acting upon it is a sin and not permissible. Based on what has been authenticated, authentically reported from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, مَن لَمْ يَدَعَ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ وَالْعَمَلَ بِهِ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ فِي أَنْ يَدَعَ طَعَامَهُ وَشَرَابَهُ Whoever does not give up false speech and acting upon it, Allah has no need for his giving up his food and his drink. So someone fasting, apparently, but he's using bad language. He's swearing, he's lying, he's يعني, saying bad things, he's doing bad actions. Okay? What type of fasting is this? Okay? Even I remember, you know, when I was at school, even the non-Muslim teachers, they'd see some Muslims fasting in Ramadan and they're using bad language. They'd say, hey, you're fasting, you shouldn't be saying that. Right? Shouldn't be, or they're acting up, they're being... Yani, uh, yani naughty or, or undisciplined and that's how you're fasting you have to have better good manners and this is something comes hand in hand how you engage in a worship and you're doing something that is opposite to what a worshipper should do the worshipper should be of the most perfect in conduct most perfect in speech 
Ignorance is by using foul language and insulting the people. This is bad etiquette, especially while fasting. So we shouldn't be saying, engaging in false speech and acting upon false speech or uh, doing ignorance anytime, but especially when we're fasting. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, قَالَ اللَّهُ كُلُّ عَمَلِ بْنِ آدَمْ لَهْ إِلَّا الصِّيَامِ فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجِزِي بِهِ وَالصِّيَامُ جُنَّةِ وَإِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ صَوْمِ أَحَدِكُمْ فَلَا يَرْفُثْ وَلَا يَصْخَبْ فَإِنْ سَابَّهُ أَحَدٌ أَوْ قَاتَلَهُ فَلْيَقُلْ إِنِّي مْرُؤٌ صَائِمٌ Allah Ta'ala, He said, All the deeds of the son of Adam are for them, except fasting. For surely this, that is for me. I will, and I will give the reward for it. Fasting is a shield. And when one of you is fasting, let him not commit any obscenity or quarrel. Don't argue. If anyone should quarrel with him, want to make an argument with him, he should say, I am fasting, I am fasting. Yani avoid conflict. Avoid even arguing. Because what happens sometimes you get in an argument and it quickly escalates. He says something, he says something, and it becomes, he curses him, he curses him, then they want to fight with each, with each other and sometimes even worse. So we should avoid you know, quarreling and, 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 and arguing, especially when we are fasting. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, لَيْسَ الصِّيَامُ مِنَ الْأَكْلِ وَالشُّرْبِ إِنَّمَا الصِّيَامُ مِنَ اللَّهُ وَالرَّفَثِ فَإِنْ سَابَّكَ أَحَدٌ أَوْ جَهَلَ, أو جهل عَلَيْكَ فَلْتَقُلْ إِنِّي صَائِمٍ إِنِّي صَائِمٍ Fasting does not just mean abstaining from food and drink. Rather, fasting means abstaining from idle and obscene speech. If someone insults you or treats you in an ignorant manner, then say, I am fasting, I am fasting. When you say, I am fasting, I am fasting, not to show off. The purpose of that is to remind you that you're fasting, I'm going to keep my core. I'm going to avoid the conflict. And it's to remind the person that I am fasting, leave me alone. So that person was like, خلاص, he's fasting, leave him alone. And it's worse to show the person, I'm not reacting to you because I'm weak. Because I'm going to do that which is better. I'm fasting, I'm not going to stoop to your level. Okay? So a lot of people, they don't like to walk away from a conflict or argument. You know? How could this guy put it over me? Because they see it as a weakness. But especially when you say, I'm fasting, you're showing that you're not weak. I can respond to you if I want, but I choose not to because my fasting is more important than responding to you and, you know, fighting for my ego. The first hadith mentioned from Abu Hurairah has a different wording. Whoever doesn't give up false speech and acting upon it and ignorance. Ignorance includes all indecent speech. Insults, backbiting, tail-carrying, lying, false speech, and all ills of the tongue and limbs. Thus it is obligatory upon the fasting person to remove himself from lying, backbiting, and insults. This is also obligatory upon the person who is not fasting. So always we should beware of our speech and not say rude words or bad words or backbiting or lying, but especially when we're fasting. The prohibition is greater for the fasting person and Allah is the one who grants success and abandoning these ills. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to abandon evil speech. Point number five, looking at and listening to the impermissible. Okay, so a fasting person, 
you find some people are fasting, they indulge in their time. Because when you're fasting, subhanAllah, you have a lot of free time. You have a lot more free time than when you're not fasting. It just comes to show how much food takes how much food takes up of our time, subhanAllah. So some people, because they have that free time, they go and they indulge in listening to the impermissible or looking at the impermissible. Whether it's listening to music, or it's looking at, for example, TV shows and movies and so on. Some people, they'll binge, what they call binge watching. Watching, you know, uh, TV shows, you know, these popular yani, series, whatever they are. And sometimes even they are so-called Islamic ones. But still they have in them sometimes inappropriate scenes. They have uh, women who, you know, they don't you know, get any women. Of course, these people who are, you know, actors and so on. They get them and they hire them because they're attractive. Okay? And sometimes a person, he might be watching something with intention, wallah, to learn, or that is Islamic morals to learn from it, but then his intention could be swayed. And this goes for both men and women. And they watch, they say, this is an Islamic show, but the actor, mashallah, you know, he gets wounded in the battle, he's got his shirt off, you know, and sister says, mashallah, you know. Wallahi, one brother he told me that he was watching one of these shows with his wife and, and the, the, the sister she said to him, see there's no men anymore, you know. I wish, you know, there were men like this, you know. <laughs> She's saying that in front of her husband. So this is a problem. It's a problem not only for men but also for women. Like a lot of the time when we're talking about looking at the impermissible, a lot of people only associate it with men. But it's also women. Women can be tempted Okay, when Allah commanded us to lower our gaze, He commanded the men to lower their gaze, and He also commanded the women to lower their gaze. There is a story, a narration that says that once a blind man entered upon, in, in the house. And normally when a man enters the house, what do the women do? They cover up. Right? Because it's a foreign person. So because he was blind, the women didn't cover up. And the Prophet ﷺ told them, why didn't you cover up? Like, as you would when a, 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 a one of sight. Yeah, he's blind, he can't see us. He said, he said, but you can see him. But you can see him. Because then a person becomes laxed. So the command to lower the gaze for the men and also, also for the women. And that's why a lot of women, they get very jealous when they see men or they see their husbands looking at women and they get worried because uh, maybe their husband will start comparing those women to his wife and belittle his wife and then maybe he will divorce his wife because he sees that there's you know maybe women who are prettier than his wife and he'll go and seek you know a, a more prettier woman likewise the woman when she sees a man that maybe is more handsome than her husband, maybe she will belittle her husband and dislike her husband. That's why it's very important for both men and women to lower their gaze and to appreciate their spouses that they have that are halal for them and not to yani, uh, look beyond to what is forbidden.
Okay, so looking at and listening to the impermissible when fasting is unfortunately a big mistake that people do. And a lot of people, as I said, they will use their fasting as an excuse to watch these things. Oh, I'm fasting, I'm bored, I've got nothing to do, I want you know, to kill time. So watch these things. And even, we're not talking about things that are even more impermissible that we don't need to mention. Okay? Allah Ta'ala says, Verily, the hearing, the seeing, and the hearts of each of you will be questioned. Because not only what you listen to, not only what you look at, it's about your heart. Because sometimes your heart can turn, and your heart can change based on what you hear or based on what you see. Okay? And sometimes some people can be affected by what they hear by speech. You know, immoral speech and lewd speech can sometimes be more effective in tempting the heart to sin than visual. Sometimes reading something, because when you read it's like you're speaking to yourself and what you hear. And that's why some of these Yani novels, these erotic novels they call them, and especially they're marketed to women. They are a form of yani, erotic material that, which is forbidden because it describes things in a way that sometimes is more tempting than the visual. So Allah says, indeed, the hearing and the sight and the heart will all be questioned. The, the people should be, shall be questioned about what they utilize the limbs that they have been entrusted with. Allah has entrusted to us our eyes. How did you use your eyes? Did you look at only that which is permissible? Did you look at which is pleasing to Allah and turn away from that which is displeasing to Allah? These ears and your hearing is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Did you listen to that which is good and pure and commands the goodness or did you allow your ears to hear that which is impermissible and lewd and immoral? Some people are accustomed to looking at and listening to evil, such as looking at naked women who, are, who call to lewdness, or listening to music and the like. It is obligatory to abandon this during Ramadan and outside Ramadan, although abandoning this during Ramadan is greater due to this pure month, its sanctity and the status of the month of obedience and forgiveness. And this is why you have some people, subhanAllah, they might have a TV at home. But in Ramadan, they disconnect the TV. Even they say, oh, but we watch the TV so we can see the news. So you see the news, but who's reading the news? <laughs> who's reading the news? You know, the news reader. A woman or a man, and you see how they are dressed. Especially these, uh, unfortunately in the Arab world, it's even worse. Some of these uh, Arab uh, news readers, it's, wallah, it's funny. Because you have the Arab man dressed in the traditional Arab clothing in a thawb and a gal and a ghutra, and the woman is uncovered. I wish he took his headdress, the man took his headdress off and put it on the woman. That would have been better. And if the man has his head covered and the woman has her head uncovered. Uh, because this is Arab uh, culture. Where's the Arab culture? It was never in Arab culture. Even in non-Arab culture, even Western culture, it was seen as inappropriate and it was seen as uh, 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 as something that is shameful 
for a woman to, to be uncovered. In many cultures, in Arabia even before Islam, in, even in Western society, this was the case. Even in uh, uh, other societies, in some Eastern cultures, it is part of honor for a woman to, to cover herself. In, in, in yani Christian tradition even, there was a command in the Bible, but it's ignored and it's twisted or it's invalidated and not practiced, the command to, uh, to cover their heads. And this was practiced uh, until recently. You know, maybe 50 years ago or so, it was uh, uh, given up. In any case, uh, we should beware of what we hear and what we look at, especially when we are fasting. How wonderful is it for the Muslim to use this month as an opportunity to break his ties with these impermissible vices of the eye and the ear, as well as other desires. It is stated in the narration, in the narration دعو, دعو that in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, he leaves his food, his drink, and his desires for my sake. So it is important that we remember when we are fasting that we leave food for the sake of Allah. We leave drink for the sake of Allah and we leave our desires also for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, just two more points inshallah. Uh, listening to music during the month of Ramadan and outside of Ramadan. There is proof from the book in the Sunnah that listening to musical instruments and the like is not permissible. Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَشْتَرِي لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And of mankind is he who purchases idle talk to mislead men from the path of Allah. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu and others who are from the Sahaba, they interpreted لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ idle talk meaning singing. And there is no doubt that musical instruments and music is included in idle talk which leads the people away from the path of Allah. Okay? So singing and musical instruments and music leads people away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one can say that when they listen to music they feel highly spiritual and close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the opposite effect. It is the opposite effect. In Sahih al-Bukhari, there is a narration in which the scholars mention can, connects various acts that are impermissible. Uh, the Prophet said, Among my nation, there will certainly be people who permit fornication, silk, alcohol, and musical instruments. So here the Prophet mentioned all of these things which are forbidden. And he said that there will come a time towards the end of times where people will make allowable. So that means it was forbidden. They will allow and make it permissible these issues. Fornication, would anyone ever think that people would find a way to make fornication permissible? The Prophet ﷺ said there will be people who do that. Or wearing silk, or alcohol, or musical instruments. Now this one we have seen very clearly. People say, oh, it's not haram, or there's difference of opinion, or it's not so bad, it's not, it's not really haram, or whatever it is. This clearly shows its prohibition, because something is only permitted if it was unlawful. So they will make permitted. So it means it was unlawful, but then they will make it permitted. 
And the Prophet ﷺ spoke the truth, for surely there are some people from the Ummah of Muhammad ﷺ today who use musical instruments and singing as though they are permissible, and they do not view them as impermissible. It is obligatory upon the Muslim to follow that which comes in the Qur'an and the Sunnah and to abandon the impermissible acts during the month of fasting. As the prohibition is stronger during this time and outside the month of fasting. So we should abandon listening to music, whether it's Ramadan or not, but especially when it is Ramadan or when we are fasting. The final point, inshallah, is being careless with learning the rules and regulations of fasting. This is a very big topic and very, very important. Many Muslims, they are careless when it comes to learning the rules and regulations of fasting. And sometimes they don't even know the rules. And they will do things that are forbidden or disliked. Or sometimes they will stay away from things that are permissible because they're ignorant. They, they think it's not allowed, but actually it's allowed. And they make life hard on themselves and difficult. Or they may even think that they have broken their fast when they haven't broken their fast. So it's obligatory upon the Muslims to know the clear rules and regulations of fasting which are binding upon them, such as the time to begin fasting and the time to complete the fast, what invalidates the fast and what is prohibited from and the conditions of the fast and the like. This is in order for his worship to be in his proper place and so he'll be rewarded for it due to the virtue of this knowledge. Okay, So it's important, as we mentioned, to, to know the time of fasting. When to begin the fasting? At the Fajr. We don't begin the fasting before the Fajr. As some people, they do. They make what's called imsak. So about 10 or 15 minutes before then Fajr, they stop eating. They say, just in case. This is not from the son of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ said, eat and drink until you hear the call of Ibn Umm Maktum. Yana, until the Adhan. As well, we don't eat beyond the Adhan. Okay? And so sometimes, and for example, the children, you're just training them to fast. Maybe, for example, they didn't wake up for suhoor. When they wake up in the morning, you say, okay, and it's after sunrise, of course, after fajr, after sunrise. So it doesn't matter, have some breakfast at least. And if they're young, they're below the age of puberty and they're still seven, eight years old or whatever it may be, that's okay, but not something that they see as valid to do. As well, when breaking the fast, we break the fast at Maghrib time. Some people, they say, no, let's wait. They do imsak as well. They'll hold off breaking their fast 10, 15 minutes after Maghrib. They say, just in case, to make sure the sun has set. No. Once it is certain, or as certain as possible, close to certain as possible, that the sun has set, and usually we rely on listening to the adhan. We don't have the adhan called out from the masajid and even if it is we live far away from the masajid most people so we can't hear that then anyway even if it was called but through the radio or according to the the calendars and the calculation of when the sun sets if you are in a high place and you can see the sun setting below the horizon then this is good and you can break your fast okay there's no need to say oh just in case and give another 10-15 minutes extra. There's no evidence of this of the Prophet ﷺ. On the contrary, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, the ummah will remain in a good state for as long as they delay their sahur and hasten to break their fast once they are permitted to do so. Another thing is that you have some people of deviated sects who break their fast when it is completely dark. Okay, and this has 
no basis in the religion of Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, and complete the fasting until the night. And the night begins at the setting of the sun at the Maghrib. Okay, so that's in regards to the time of beginning and ending the fast. To learn what invalidates the fast. Okay, so they're quite simple, but there are some issues that may be unclear to people. So some people, they, you know, they ask about you know, using you know, ear drops or eye drops or nasal sprays or, or puffers for asthma and things like that. It's important for a Muslim to learn about these things, especially if they're in need of using them. Okay, injections and so on. All of these things, just generally, all of these things, they don't break the fast because they're not things that are taken uh, orally and enter the digestive system. And they're not things that nourish and give a person any nourishment. Okay, and it's important to learn as well what doesn't break the fast because this caused a lot of confusion. I remember when we were children, there were some children who I don't understand the rules of fasting. And so they used to think that if they pass wind, you know, the things that break their wudu, it breaks their fast. If they go to the toilet, they're at school. They go to the toilet, they do number one or number two, they say they break the fast. One young boy went to his mom, Mom, I broke my fast today. She said, what did you? I said, I went to the toilet. How many times did you go? He said, I went two times. She said, it's okay, keep fasting. You know. So it's important, see this child... And he went through so much stress thinking he's broken his fast because he went to the toilet. And going to the toilet, breaking your wudu is not the same as breaking your fast. As well, you have some people that mix up, for example, what's, what's called mahdhurat al ihram. And the things that are forbidden in ihram when you do hajj and umrah, some people they mix it up with fasting. Things that you're not allowed to do in ihram, they say you can't do it when you're fasting as well. So, for example, putting on perfume. They say you can't put on perfume when you're fasting. There's no evidence of that. Okay? Or, for example, can't get married if you're fasting. There's no evidence of that. These are things that are forbidden when you're in a haram, when you're in the ritual state for pilgrimage. But not when you're fasting. Okay? Or using bakhur, you know, having bakhur in the house. No, 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 no. This, if we smell it, then it breaks your fast. No. It doesn't break your fast. You know... Unless a person, you know, he's going to put his whole mouth over the bakhur and, you know, try to eat it. It's different and no one does that. But related to that is cigarette smoking. Cigarette smoking does break the fast. Why? Because even though it's not food that is digested, but for the smoker, he relies on cigarettes more than he relies on food and drink. Correct or not? Someone, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. But if you know people who are addicted to cigarette smoke, what is the hardest thing for them to do when they're fasting? Is it not eating, not drinking? Or is it not having a cigarette? Many of them, as soon as Maghrib happens, what do they do? They go, the first thing, they break their fast with a cigarette. Allah give us the strength to overcome our sins and our temptations. Okay, so this is different. Because even though it is smoke, but it's smoke that is nourishing for those who, who, who find nourishment in it. So these are certain rules that we have to learn. You know, swimming, for example, or having a shower just because water goes on your body doesn't mean that. Yani, some said, but it absorbs into your skin. You know, if you spend a lot of time in the bath, you know, your skin, you know, you know it doesn't mean that it's absorbed into your body, even though there is some absorption into the, 
يعني the, 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 some levels of the skin doesn't mean that it nourishes you and it quenches your thirst even though there, you do find sometimes some relief from the heat and so on when you have a bath or you have a, have a shower but as long as it's not ingested there's no harm in that or not making wudu properly not putting water in the mouth and the nose no there's no harm in that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, just don't be excessive in sniffing the water in your nose when you're making wudu, which means that you still should do it, but not excessively. Okay? Uh, or swimming, for example, as long as يعني, you don't swallow the water. And generally, you know, if you know how to swim, then you don't swallow the water. If you're you know, learning how to swim and you swallow half the, the water of the pool, then maybe you should find another time to learn how to swim. Okay? Um, Yes, so they, so all of these things, the conditions of fasting as well, who's obligated to fast and all of these things, it's important that we learn about them so that we make sure that we're fasting correctly and at the same time we know what does break the fast and what doesn't break the fast so that we don't deprive ourselves from something that's allowed and make life difficult for us and think that possibly we have broken our fast when we haven't. Jazakumullah khairan, subhanakallah, wa bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha ilaha ant, astaghfiruk wa atubu